Hi there, and welcome to the Pearls from My Mom podcast. Every mom has special pearls of wisdom she passes on to her kids. In this podcast, we'll be talking about those pearls of wisdom, as well as the life lessons that our moms have passed down to us. We will be sharing to keep the legacy alive. Hello, hello, and thank you everybody for tuning in to Pearls from My Mom, the podcast. My name's Jesse. I'm your host. And as always, I just want to take a quick second to thank everybody so very much for listening and downloading and subscribing and just sending warm fuzzies my way. You have no idea how much that means to me. This is a passion project that I have said before is a bit like therapy for me. So the fact that anybody's even listening to it and, you know, hopefully some people are even being helped by it. I just I appreciate that so much. So I want to thank you. And I'm really excited to bring you the show today. I have a guest. Her name is Sierra Say. She's quite amazing. She is a writer. She's a mom. She's also a podcaster. And her podcast is called The College Dropout Podcast. So we'll definitely talk about that towards the end of the show. But I'm really excited to have her here today to talk about her mom. Hi, Sierra. How are you? I am good. And you, Jesse? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking me. I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you for coming on. I know. I'm, I'm excited as well. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm sitting here thinking about what I could possibly, you know, some of the questions you're going to ask me and I'm, I'm super excited. Oh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. It'll be like therapy for both of us, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> by the Absolutely. end we'll feel all warm and fuzzy, you know. <laughs> right. Super. So I do, you know, obviously you're here to talk about your mom. So I do mm -hmm. want you to tell us whatever you think that we should know about your mom. So tell us, um, you know, what kind of person she was or whatever you think we should know about your mom. Well, my mom's name was Amy Middlebrooks, and then she got married and it turned to Amy Hunter. But let, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, she was a, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, a lot of people, I vividly remember everybody talking about like her smile, how like her smile would literally light up a room. Um, but she didn't have it easy. Um, my mom had me when she was 18 years old, um, graduated from high school, pregnant, uh, obviously was looked at as a statistic. My father uh, was not around, you know, during that, during the pregnancy or even right after I was born. And I, I remember her telling me so many stories of how hard, you know, she had to work right after I was born. And, you know, there are things I remember from my childhood regarding her working hard. Um, but she she made a way. So she was a very, very loving, caring person. Um, her friends, you know, she was one of those women who just had like a bunch of best friends because everybody wanted to be friends with her. Uh, all people always came to her for advice. She was always very, very honest, open and real. And she was just one of those people everybody wanted wanted to be around. And it's so funny because people kind of tell me that about myself now. And I'm always like, oh, I think I'm turning into my mom. But um, she was she was a great person. Um, I miss her a lot. She was very, very, very caring. Like one of those people that you didn't run into all the time. She wasn't about drama or any of that. She really just wanted the best for, for everybody that was around her and very, very silly. Like if you didn't know her, you would think she was serious, but my mom was a, a real goofball. <laughs> I love that. I love that. She sounds like she was such a strong lady and I think oh, yeah. she's such a great role model for you. Do you think that, that the way that she, you know, cause she had struggles, like you said, and mm -hmm obviously worked through that and raised you and you know you sound like you're amazing so um <laughs> how do you Thank think you. She, your life with her struggles and with her successes oh uh, like I said I remember a lot of things from my childhood but the the main thing that I could say she shaped me the way she shaped me I'm sorry is is in terms of like how you have to work hard and that you can't make any excuses um, like I said, my mom struggled for a while until she was able to find a, a good job with the government. And I think I was about seven or eight when that finally happened. But she always had a job. I saw her, you know, we caught the bus together. I saw her going to work, coming home, barely sleeping, then getting up and taking me to school. There were times when she was waitressing and like her, her boss was gracious enough to allow me to come to work with her some days because she didn't have a babysitter. Um, I remember we had like this kind of old beat up car and I had to be like three years old and she had to teach me how to like turn the key in the ignition because sometimes like it would stop on the way to school 
Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, re- I remember it a lot, but I, I never saw my mom complain. I never saw my mom like give up. I never saw her, you know, kind of have that woe was me attitude. It was always like, I'm just going to do what I have to do. And it won't always be like this. And that's something that has been ingrained in me. And whenever I'm going through a tough time, like is I'm so thankful that I was able to go through that experience with her and see her not give up and not just, you know, kind of throw the towel in. Cause every time I'm going through a tough time, like I just think about those days and I remember what it was like. And then I remember, you know, the transition into a better life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. She like that, that must've been just such a, a good role model and that's a good way to, to kind of live your life. So she sounds like she was phenomenal. Um, how was your relationship with her? Like, what were you guys like together? Um, you know, what's funny is like as a kid, because she worked so much, there were, there was, you know, very many things that we did often. Um, like one of the things, my mom was one of those type of people, she didn't really like sitting in the house. So when she did have an off day, like we would go hang out, we would go shopping. She would always take me out to restaurants. That's probably one of the reasons why I love eating out now. Like I love trying to restaurants. That was something that we did all the time. I don't remember too many conversations as a kid, but as I got older, um, you know, the, the relationship started to evolve, but we really started to, to get close after I had my son, um, which I was 22 when I had my son. Now I will say there probably was a little bit of a rough patch when my stepfather came into the, to the picture. And it's so funny you asked me that because yesterday I was, I was, I've been thinking about like my childhood and how, some of the things from back then has affected me now. And I remember when my stepfather came into the picture, like there wasn't a conversation. There wasn't like, oh, mom's day. And it was like, I came home from school and he was there. And like, he never left. Now, he, he wasn't, no, don't get me wrong. My stepfather has been a blessing in my life. Like he stepped in and to this day, he considers me to be, you know, like his oldest child. And he, he didn't have to do that. He never treated me wrong, never treated me different. But I just remember, like, there wasn't really a conversation of, you know, how do you feel? Or it, even even when me and my stepdad started to feud a little bit when I became a teenager. I mean, you know, as teenagers, we don't really like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. So when me and him had a rough patch, there still wasn't really like a let's talk about it. It was just like, he's here, he's not going anywhere. And I'm not mad at her about it or whatever, but you know, you start to think about things and you're like, okay, that's why I'm the way I am because that happened back then. So like I said, she worked a whole lot. Um, she wasn't able to go on field trips. When I played sports, she was there. Uh, but like I said, our relationship really, really started to evolve. And we grew close when I became an adult. So like 2021, 20, um, she passed away when I was 24. But those are the years that I, that I remember and that I cherish the adult years. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty normal. I mean, you know, like you said, teenagers do not like to be told what to do. No, I didn't. <laughs> then, no, I didn't either. And then you add that extra element in there of the the stepfather, even though, you know, like you said, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. It would be complicated. That's, I think that's. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was, it was I, was, I swear I was just thinking about this yesterday because I'm, I'm actually recently divorced and I'm like, okay, when I start dating, like, how am I going to introduce you know whoever this is to my kids and I'm like wait a minute my stepdad was never introduced to me like I came home and he was there (laughs) he was just there (laughs) right I can see how that would be pretty complicated so you said she so you had your son at 22 and that Mm -hmm. was when you guys started to really kind of connect and so she Mm -hmm. got to be a grandma for a couple years before she passed yes she did and she loved her grandson. He was like, uh, he was spoiled. He's still spoiled. But back then it was like, he was with her when I was at work. Um, whenever I wanted to do something, you know, she took him. She was a, a great grandma for the short period of time she was here. And she used to always say she couldn't wait until he was like old enough. You know, when kids get that age where they can jump in and out of the car by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that's what she was waiting on. Um, unfortunately, she didn't live to to see those moments but yeah he actually still remembers her they have um pictures from his first and second birthday no his first birthday party and then a cousin's birthday party that's close to his age so um he still asks about her he is so funny some of the habits that she had my mom used to eat a lot of ice towards the end of her years and he's like he used to eat it with her and to this day he still will sit there and eat like a cup of ice 
So <laughs> it's it's funny. It's so funny. But he he tries to to remember as much as he can, and he gets in his modes where he starts to ask about her. I think that's great. I I know that one thing for me, I was really nervous because my kids were. Oh gosh, it's hard for me to remember now. I feel like they were like five and three when my mom passed away. Okay. Like, I just don't want them to ever forget her or not know her. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. so special that I never want them to feel like she wasn't a part of their life. And so how old is your son now? He is seven now. And then my my youngest actually didn't get a chance to meet her. Mm -hmm. So when my oldest talks about her, like he asks questions, but like I said, he never got the opportunity to meet her. And he looks at pictures and he he started because it's so funny. My my youngest son looks more like me, but I look like my mom. But when he was a baby to me, he looked like her. Mm -hmm. So sometimes he'll look at her pictures and he'll say, oh, Granny Amy kind of looks like me. And I'm like, no, you kind of look like her. (laughs) It's so So. funny. (laughs) their minds work right right oh that's that's great well i'm happy that you're you know you had a son that did get a chance to know her that he remembers her i think that's phenomenal so it's been let's see five years i guess then uh it's actually been six six okay yeah it was six years in may of this year okay gosh how how are you doing with that like how have you been dealing with this it's all what it's it's never and i always tell people this like it it never it's never okay but it just gets easier to deal with if if that makes any sense um this year i've been pretty good though it's so and it's so funny i keep it's like this week is perfect for this interview because i've been thinking about it so much um i was just talking to my my sister and i was my mother's only child so i have four brothers and one sister um from between my father my real father and my stepdad Mm -hmm. so i was just talking to my sister and i was like i haven't had a breakdown um yet this year but actually tuesday night well, Tuesday during the day, I actually kind of was like real, I was real somber. She was on my mind a lot. And it, it normally happens when holiday season is starting to roll around. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually okay through Halloween. And then like when Thanksgiving and all of that stuff comes up is normally when I kind of like go into a little shell. But um, this year has been, has been pretty good. So I'm not, I would say this when, when, and I'm probably, I may be jumping ahead of you a little bit here, but when the grieving process first started, I couldn't talk about my mom or like drive past places that would, would that she would consider to be her favorite places like without crying. Like I would literally, I'm in Michigan and we have a restaurant called Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I would literally be driving down the street and start bawling after I see one. And it's like now I'm at the process where every time I think of her or every time I have a memory, like I kind of just smile. It, but before it was tough. But it, it's, it's gotten much, much easier to deal with over the past, I would say, two to three years. The first three years were really hard, really hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, I can attest to that. It's only been two, a little over two years for me. So I can. Oh, wow. Okay. To that. But I mean, it's nice to hear that you're doing well. And you said that you know that the holidays are always kind of a tough time for you. Yeah. By the way, we do. I, I'm from Colorado. So I'm very familiar with, with Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> nothing to do with moms but um, I live in Quebec now and so okay. we have Kentucky Fried Chicken here but they're called PFKs oh okay Poulet Frit Kentucky so, um I don't this one is and they don't have green beans here which is stupid like I don't like it. that is stupid yeah it's like one of the best things on the menu but anyway uh, I digress <laughs> Kentucky fried chicken. Um, so we were talking about the holidays and you know mm. that those are going to be tough for you. So is there anything that you can do to get yourself into like the right mental state for that? Or, I mean, how do you, how are you going to deal with the holidays? Cause you've had a good year so far. So what, what's been working for me the past um, two years is just being around other people that love me. So family, friends, um, the first two and a half years, I kind of went through the holidays alone. And that was, I do not recommend that to anybody. I remember my first, I think it was like Memorial Day, which isn't even like a real holiday. Like I didn't even get out the bed. Mm -hmm. And then when Thanksgiving and Christmas came, I didn't go anywhere. Like me and my kids sat at home. I do not recommend that to anybody. You have to get around people who, who love you and care for you because that it doesn't sit at the top of your mind that she's no longer here. So that that's what I do. Um, I go to my best friend and her family house. Um, sometimes I go to my sister's and her family house. And then um, I have an uncle. I still spend some holidays with my stepdad, not as many, 
um, that relationship is a little, it's not weird, but we, we've had our struggles since my mom has left. So, uh, but it's gotten better. But so, yeah, I would, I get around family and friends that, that love and care for me. I, I try my best not to spend those holidays alone anymore. Oh, that, I think that sounds like it would be really important for anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Well, I hope you do that this year too. Yeah, I am. Most definitely. Oh, good. Now, you said that when she first passed away, you had a really hard time talking about her. And mm-hmm. this is interesting to me because everybody's so different. And when my mom first passed away, I was like, okay, well, I've had a few friends whose moms have passed away. So we're all going to be able to talk about it now, right? Like we're all, <laughs> all going to be able to we're get together. <laughs> Like I've, what I found is that not, I mean, not everybody wants to, even if it's been, you know, like 10, 15 people, some people are just not ready. And my sister was kind of more in your camp, you know, she, she really, I mean, she, she will talk about her, but it wasn't something, yeah, she had a hard time driving past things and I don't live there anymore and she does. So, you know, when I go and visit, I'm like, let's go visit all the spots, you know, like (laughs) everything that mom would want to see. Right. But it's not my it's not my daily, so I I could see how that would be hard. When was it? When were you able to start talking about her? You know what? I was able to start talking about her with, without crying and without feeling like super sad after I went to therapy, and that took me. Ugh, how long did it take me to go to therapy? Maybe a year and a half after she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I was pregnant with my my youngest son, and I just knew like I was so depressed that I was in denial, but. Um, a crazy thought ran through my head one day and I was like, okay, this isn't normal. I need some help. And when I finally went to therapy and went through that process, that's when it was like, okay, now, now this is the real, you know, grieving process. I've been depressed. Um, but I've, I'm now going through therapy and now this is the beginning of, of a new life. Like now it is because before I don't, I don't even I'm trying to remember. It seems like it was so long ago, but it wasn't. But I was very, very depressed. I didn't, I stopped talking to friends after my mom passed away. I didn't really go anywhere. Um, And I had a, it was a big facade. Like, I remember the day that my mom passed, I was doing so much that, like, my godmother and some of her other friends, like, had to stop me and ask me, like, like, you need to sit down. Like, are you okay? Because they said I was just taking it too well. Um, I did not cry at the funeral, Jesse. Like it was, it's weird. I I just had on this this huge, I don't know what what to call it. Like I don't know. I guess a, a barrier in front of me, and I didn't want anybody to see me crack because for one, I knew how much my stepfather needed me at the time, and then for two, I just felt like it wasn't any time for that. But when when everything, you know, when the funeral is over and everybody goes back to work and nobody's coming over your house anymore, that's when it's like, okay, this is real. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think the, you know, the depression started to sink in. Um, so until I went to therapy and got, you know, the help that I needed, that is when everything started to become a little bit easier. I think that's so important that you bring that up because I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, and at first I was a little embarrassed, you know, like there's like a pride thing and you're like, it, I don't it, go it to definitely therapy. is definitely, but you have to, like, you have to, you have to get that out. I felt bad. Cause I felt like I was dumping all of everything on my husband. Cause you're right. Like I didn't just call my friends. I felt like I, I wanted to, but I didn't want to make them sad. You mm-hmm. know, so I was just dumping all the stuff on my husband and you know, you just, you need to talk to somebody who is trained and will help you kind of work through it. So I think that's great that you bring that up. And I hope that, that if people are on the fence about going to therapy, that listening to you and I, they'll say, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely do it. Um, I like, based on my personal beliefs, I did therapy with, with my mom's uh, pastor, but you know, if you don't want to go that route, there are so many other, you know, avenues and resources and it, it could be just a simple therapy, like go get a life coach. If you don't want to do like the whole sit on the couch type thing, but mm-hmm. you have to, you can't let it like sit. And so many, I know a few people who say, well, you know, they felt like they don't need it. They're okay. You're not, you're not okay. Like you may have a a really great front that you're putting on, but at the end of the day, like you're not okay. You, you have to get help. You have to get help. Yeah. It'll, it'll build up and be toxic and manifest itself in other ways. Yes. In other relationships and you won't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. So was it something that you, and you don't have to go into it if you don't want to, but was it something that you were expecting? Like, was she sick for a while or? Um, well, my mom had been diagnosed with the uh, terrible disease of lupus when she was 25 years old. Um, so as a kid, once again, um, I remember her being very sick. I remember her being in the hospital um, on several holidays, um, having multiple, multiple surgeries. So as a kid, I, I watched her, you know, for the most of her life become sick. And then I had to be about 19 when she was diagnosed with kidney failure and had to start dialysis. Mm -hmm. um, so when that happened, it was kind of like, uh, uh oh, like, okay, now what? Um, so she ended up retiring from work uh, early on disability, but she was, she was literally fine. The way she ended up dying was very uh, unexpected because she wasn't sick at the time. Like she literally went to the emergency for like a cough or something. I think she was coughing and there was a little bit of blood in it. And my, you know, thankfully my cousin was there with her and um, she went to the hospital for that and it just turned into something else. But even then I had literally talked to her two days before she died and it was mother's day two days before mm -hmm. and she was per perfectly fine. And like, after that, it was like a turn for worse, for the worse. But there, it was a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say I'm like superstitious because while she was in the hospital, my grandmother actually became very ill. And my grandmother ended up being in the hospital at the same time as her. And there's part of me that kind of believes that has something to do with it because literally she was supposed to be coming home, Jesse. The only reason why they didn't let her out was because she had a small blood clot in her leg and her doctor said, I can't let her go home like this. So we're going to give her this medicine and then she'll be on her way home. But in between those three days, my grandmother like kind of went like downhill fast. And I, I think that has something to do with it. Well, I think that's okay. To, you can be superstitious. That's all right. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's other stuff going on in the world beyond what we can see. So mm -hmm. certainly, well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. That's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was really crazy. And I remember my, you know, I had to, my uncle lives in Atlanta, which is her brother. And she called him up here like, you know, mom's not doing well. So he think he's coming up here to like handle stuff for his mom. And then my mom, his sister ended up, you know, passing away in between there. It was crazy. It was really crazy. Oh, that would be so hard on the, the whole family. Yeah. Well, let's do happier stuff. Let's talk. <laughs> I know it's so hard. Like it, I think any, any way that it happens, it's, it's tragic. Like I knew it was going to happen for my mom because really her diagnosis was terminal, you know, but um, either, anyway, and then I've talked to people who, you know, it was like a, an overnight heart attack and you know, it's, either way, it's all tragic. It's all terrible. Yeah, it is. It is. So let's, let's go into happy stuff. Tell me about your favorite, like, give me a favorite memory, like something that you can just remember like vividly something that you keep with you that you kind of want to keep alive. Oh, favorite memory. I know it's I hard. <laughs> I'm 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 trying to think of a favorite favorite memory. Um I would say one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite memories with my mom had to be when I was in labor with my oldest son like I had the worst attitude in the world and she cracked so many jokes during that 27 hours of labor that I I couldn't I couldn't help but to laugh most of the time. So that that's one of my favorite memories. And when she kind of threatened the doctor to give me a C-section because of <laughs> how much pain I was in. So yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. That's awesome. It was, I, I had my mom like in the room with me when I had my son. Um, and it was so helpful to have her there. Cause you just like, you just felt so comforted. I'm sure. Like, you know, you just like, you're like, mom's here. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until you figure out there's nothing they can actually do. No, well, no, but there's just something about having your mom there. And so <laughs> like, she wasn't in the room with my second and like, you, like we know from what you said earlier, she wasn't with you with yours. So mm -hmm. it's nice that you have that memory and that you can keep that. Yeah. And I actually have um, pictures from, from the hospital while, while I was in labor. I may actually go back and look at those today. I, I haven't looked at those in a while. I don't know who was taking pictures though. <laughs> like who's taking pictures that's weird that's funny like during the thing like well not while I was in labor but kind of like you know during that time where everybody's just sitting around yeah. like watching the clock yeah there were some pictures taken of her um my stepdad yeah I don't think there are any of me I hope not 
<laughs> no, no, thank you. Like, I right. know that there was nobody in the room with picture with a camera in mind, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, some people videotape the thing. They want to, they want to watch it again. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, not, not, I'm good. I'm good. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's a really nice memory. I'm happy that you have that. Um, so, you know, the show is called Pearls from My Mom. And so I started it based upon wanting to share the pearls of wisdom that my mom has given me and hopefully wanting to do that with other people. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a phrase, but just like a way that she lived her life. Or what do you think your mom's greatest pearl of wisdom that she gave you was? Oh, wow. Um, let me see. I want to give you something good. I know it's so like no pressure, but... <laughs> Uh, greatest pearl of wisdom for my mom, I would have to say, it, it would go back to, to just working hard and not having any excuses. Um, prime example is I had my first job when I was 12, thanks to my mom. So it's like I, like I said before, she just taught me that no matter what is going on, like don't make any excuses, figure it out, get it done. Um, don't wait on anybody to do anything for you just get it done. Like you can't sit back and cry and ask why me that, that doesn't fix the situation. Like work hard. And, and she also another great pearl of wisdom. I'm sorry. I have two is that you, you can literally like do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. You can go from nothing to something. I watched her do it. You can do it too. That's, that is awesome. You did a, you did a great job with those. So, I mean, obviously that shaped your life because you're super ambitious. Um, Very, and probably you, too ambitious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, reach for the stars, man. Um, and you have two sons under the age of, you know, like you said, your oldest is seven now, I think. Yes. He'll be eight in January, actually. Okay. So how are you passing that on to them? Um, I do not allow them to use the word can't. <laughs> that's that's like first and foremost we, we cannot use that word in my house like I always tell them don't say you can't do it just say you haven't figured it out yet now there's no timeline on, on how long it'll take to figure it out but don't use the word can't like that's one of the main things because I'm a firm believer that you know whatever you say you're speaking into existence and if you say you can't do something you're going to trick yourself into really believing that you can't do it Mm -hmm. So that's like the main thing I instill in my boys. Um, I always teach them to never give up uh, to, and just to work hard, but never give up. Don't use the word can't and, and just work hard. And also let them understand that the first couple of times it may not be the way you want it to be, but just keep going at it. My oldest wants to be an actor. Like he told me he wants to be on Broadway, TV and movies. Now how he knows what Broadway is, I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> but uh, he's very like into the arts. So I always, you know, tell him if he's having trouble in school, I, I kind of tie it back into acting like, okay, if this was a script, you're just going to stop reading the script because you haven't figured it out. And he's like, no, I'm going to figure it out. We'll figure this math work out. Hmm. That's awesome. Maybe you could yeah. come up here and uh, instill some of that into my kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's not easy. I think parenting is like, oh, that's a whole nother subject, but it really it's not easy. It's not easy. I had lunch with one of my girlfriends the other day and I said, you know, I said, I'm not sure. I might be like, excuse my language. I might be a shit mom. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know at the end of the day, my kids are fed. They seem pretty happy. And <laughs> so like, I think that that's okay. But like, I, you know, you see, you, of course there's like Facebook and Pinterest and you see all these like perfect yep. moms that are like, look at my, you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> That you know what it's it's I that thought kind of ran across my mind the other day because I was listening to parents talk about you know how she was just so upset she heard her like six year old using uh foul language and I'm like am am I I don't know I don't tell my kids they can cuss but if they slip up or like it doesn't bother me and I'm not talking about like f bombs or mother efforts but like my youngest has slipped up a few times where I'll hear him say like oh shit. Like, that doesn't bother me, though. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, am I a terrible mom because that doesn't bother me? I don't know. You sound like you're a great mom. I'm sure there's worse things that you, <laughs> that you could let your kids do. <laughs> a few bad words. Right, like they're not taking shots on the, on the porch. <laughs> no, that's good. good. We're, I think we're good moms. I think we can call ourselves all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so is there anything that you've, I mean, it's been six years, like you said, is there anything that you've learned since your mom's passed away, like about her or anything like that? Usually there's people say that there's some kind of, you know, revelation that they've had about their mom after she's passed away. Um, I would say the one thing that I learned, and it probably goes back into the pearls and all that other stuff, but like when I really sit down and I, I think about the times we've had, and, and one thing that I just noticed the most about her is that my mom never complained. And it, that's something I had to remind my, myself about. Like even when she was sick, she was working while going to dialysis three times a week for three years. Like my stepdad basically like had to force her to go, to go out on retirement. And actually, no, I take that back. He didn't force her. The reason why she decided to finally retire was when I got ready to have my son. Mm -hmm. So she's like, okay, I've, I've been doing this for three years, going to dialysis three times a week, working midnights. Um, and I'm about to be a grandmother. And I, I think in her mind, she really didn't know how much, you know, time she had. So she wanted to take advantage of it. Uh, but she never complained. Like even then, I don't know too, like they, her job tried to make her retire several times. And she's just like, no, she never, never complained. Never. I never, I never, I think I saw my mom cry once hmm. and I still don't even remember what that was for. It might've been a fake cry knowing her, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ne she never complained. Ne and I, I, like I said, I didn't really realize that until after she was gone. Aww. Well, she sounds like she was super strong and, and my mom didn't, I never really, I think I saw her cry like once when her, when her dad passed away. And then I remember seeing her cry the day that she got the news that her prescription was $7,000 a month. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Well, anyway, Medicaid, Medicaid took care of it, but oh, okay. a whole different thing. But yeah, I mean, that is nice. I, I worry about that because I, I am a crier and you know, I, I can get emotional in front of my kids. I, wonder how <laughs> I don't, I don't think my kids have, they maybe once I, and I don't even, they, I may be lying. I don't think they've ever seen me cry. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm weird when it comes to crying. Like, I feel like I cry about the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> me, I just cry about everything. So, you know, like it's fine. And then like, and I don't think that makes me like, a. am just a, a an, a feeling person and that is okay with me i'm okay I've yeah, i'm weird like my my sister called me a crybaby the other day and i'm like i i cry about the wrong stuff so you can't use that term when it when it comes to me now she's a real crybaby <laughs> <laughs> well then i am too and it's okay and we're okay with it there's no problem <laughs> that's great so what are you doing to try to keep her memory alive i mean i you've got two boys you've got one that's met her one that hasn't mm -hmm. You know, how are you, how are you trying to, to keep her alive? What's your relationship like with her now that she's gone? Uh, you know what? Keeping a memory alive is, is much tougher than I, than I, I guess, than I expected it to be. Um, one thing is that my mom, we didn't take a lot of pictures. Like, that's one thing I realized. Like, I, there are a lot of pictures of me when I was a kid, but we didn't take a lot of pictures together. So... I, I try to look at, like, we have pictures from her and my stepdad's wedding, but there aren't any, like, mother-daughter pictures, which is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's actually hard. I try to make it a point to, to look over her pictures, like, once a week. And then there are times, though, where, like, if I'm going through something, I'd be like, okay, ma, like, I, I need some help. Like, mm -hmm. give, show me a sign. Do something. When she first passed away, she came in my dreams quite often, actually. Mm -hmm. um, the last time she came, I think, was, like, two months ago but it had been a while like the it's a it's always a gap in between now in between the times now um but it's you know it's hard I her the cemetery that she's at is about four miles from my house I don't go there all the time but I did I think like early August and I think that was like my second time going this this year um and it's never like a planned thing I may just be driving and I have some extra minutes and I'll stop by but keeping keeping the memory alive is tough. I, I'm still trying to figure out ways to incorporate her into my, especially into my youngest kid's life, and to to make sure that my oldest just like never forgets. I don't. What do you do? Like, how how do you deal with that? Well, I think that's really interesting, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned the cemetery. I actually have never talked about it with any of my guests before. Um, my mom, she chose to be cremated, and then she chose to be sprinkled in like a stream somewhere, which is okay. not good for the environment, but like, whatever, it's fine. Um, so I don't have a place that like, like I go and I, you know, like I sit down at this rock and I like, but, and so I'm curious, you said that you visited, you know, like you said twice this year, I think. Yeah. 
So sorry, I'm going to tell you about what I do to keep her alive. Oh, no, go ahead. You, like it sparked an interest in me. Do you feel like bad if you don't go visit? Do you feel obligated? Like, do you feel, I'm just curious about how people feel about the, the whole cemetery thing. Cause I don't, I don't have that experience myself. Um, at the beginning, like the first two years, I didn't go like at all. And I, I kind of felt bad the first time I went, like, which was into that third year. But at the same time, like, I re- like, I know how my mom was and I know she wouldn't be mad about me not coming to the cemetery. Um, but for a while, I like after a couple months after she passed away, I didn't go up there. And then after a while, I was like, well, I haven't been this long. Like, does it make sense to go now? And then I didn't want to go because I just didn't want that that memory. Like, I remember when we left the cemetery and I like I kind of got pissed off a little bit because they didn't they didn't show us show us them putting her casket in the ground and they they left it on like this um it was like a gazebo a nice gazebo that was decorated and we kind of sat out there but they left the casket out there I guess they were waiting until we left I don't know if that was something that I arranged or what I don't even remember if I told them to do that but I kind of got pissed because I'm like they're just gonna leave her outside like when they go put her in the ground so I didn't really want that memory was what was what stuck in my mind. So at that time, I didn't want to go up there. Um, but no, I, I don't feel bad when I don't go. I don't feel bad. I, I don't think you should. Like, I, I just, I'm just curious, like, because I, I kind of, I'll take a, so what I do to honor my mom, especially if I'm feeling down or if I'm, you know, if it's like a, one of the landmark days or a holiday or something, I like to, mm-hmm. we used to hike. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll take a nice hike. And then I have this journal. I have a journal that I actually made for her when her like so my parents got divorced and then she ended up uh with a, another guy so she called him her sweetheart and he passed away oh wow so i made her this book and it was like out of one of his shirts and i gave it to her as a journal and she didn't use it as a journal but then i found it in her stuff when i was cleaning out the house so i use it as a journal um and i'm not the best at journaling but i do i write her letters like my mom was like the master of like the holiday letter you know the update mm-hmm. letter and so I'll write her like a family update letter and I'll be like, this is what, you know, this is what Caden's up to. This is what Melody's got going on. Um, this is what I'm doing. And I feel like that helps me stay connected. Um, I have a lot of pictures around of her around the house, which. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I've got one sitting on my desk right now. She podcasts with me. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I love that letter idea though. And that's kind of what I do when I do go to the cemetery. I like, I just sit and I talk. Like literally just sit and talk and I kind of like, you know, and it's so funny because every time that I do happen to go out there, it's like this, it's always a beautiful day, like blue skies, couple clouds. It's always just like perfect. But that's, that's normally when I, when I do give her an update, but I love that letter idea. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think it just, it just helps, you know, I feel like it just, I just like to feel connected to her and mm-hmm. she loved writing those letters and sending them out to people. So I, I feel like that that helps me. And it's in my journal. So I can, you know, I don't often go back and read them, but sometimes I'll read them and it'll remind me of how I was feeling at the time and maybe how much I've progressed since then. And, and sometimes I regress, you know, (laughs) 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 all days are, I remember I was sitting at the airport last week and I don't know why, but it just hit me. I was like, she was only 65 and it made me like angry, you know, that like, Oh yeah, definitely. Like that, that, those type of thoughts crossed my mind a lot early on. My mom was 42. Uh. And I saw, and this is terrible, but I'm going to tell you, I remember one day, probably like two months or maybe it was even two weeks after she passed away and like this super, super old lady. And I'm like, come on, God, like what, what else does she have to do? Like, Yeah. Oh, it, it's so terrible. But those are like, those are the type of thoughts that, that, you know, cross your mind, especially when, when your mom isn't old. Like, it's just like, really, really? No, 42 is way too young. And so is 65. It's, and it's, yeah, 65 isn't old either. No. And like you say, it's terrible, but like everybody that's been in our shoes understands. Do you know what I mean? Which I would imagine the, the bulk of my listeners are probably people <laughs> whose moms have passed away. And so it's easy for us to relate. But like my grandma, my mom's mom is still alive. She's 87. Wow. She smoked you know and like my mom smoked like my mom died from lung cancer at 65 my 87 year old grandma still smokes so like and my mom had quit you know so I like it's just it doesn't add up all the time no and so every once in a while I have like a just a little burst of angriness you know and I I won't like do anything about it but like yeah it's important to to get that out and don't feel I mean it's not terrible it's just 
It's just an emotion and it passes and it's not, you don't wish any ill will on that old lady. You right. know? <laughs> it's, it's more so just trying to figure out like it, it, it was really like this really had to happen for a reason because, you know, in our world, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, I get it. Now you said that you, you dream, you dreamt about her a lot in the beginning. I did too. And mm-hmm. it slowed down a bit, but it, it still happens every once in a while. Um, do you still feel her presence in any way? Do, like, do you feel like she visits you or I always like to ask that question. Some people think it's silly, but no, I, I do sometimes, um, with my interaction with certain people, which is kind of weird. Uh, I, I, I think I feel her presence, um, more, well, actually lately, because my, my stepdad actually still has like all of the furniture they had in their house. Um, and like I said, me and him did go through we had a rough patch at the beginning, but now like we're fine. Like that's my dad. So he watches my kids on, on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then like I go there and get them ready for school. But lately he goes to work at 4 a.m. So lately what I've been doing is just laying down in, in his bed, which is the bed that they had. And it's so funny. Ever since I started doing that, it's like I can I feel her presence because that was the bed she sleep she slept in. Um I remember right the day, maybe the day after or the day of, I was once again sleeping in her bed because my stepdad couldn't even sleep in the room for a couple of weeks after she passed away. And me and my son um, were sleeping in the bed and he got up and he was a, he was a, a kid. He probably was one. I think he was one at the time. And he got up and he was like reaching, but he wasn't reaching towards me. My back was turned. But I heard him, you know, you, you know when your kid gets up. Mm-hmm. So I heard him and I seen him like reaching towards like the closet. So in my mind, I, I kind of already knew what it was. I'm like, I'm just going to turn around and I'm going to let him and her do whatever they're doing over there. Because uh, I, I knew that's what it was. And he kept laughing and he kept reaching. And then he just kind of like laid down. And I could tell he was a little bit sad after he laid down. So for me, I feel her presence most when I'm in her bed, which is kind of awkward. <laughs> a little bit. That's all right. I actually had my mom's, some of my mom's furniture shipped up from Colorado to Canada, which uh-huh. is a really cool thing. And I have her bed. Um, oh, wow. That's know, cool. But like I have her bed. And so, and I do like, I, I feel good about the furniture of hers that I have in my room. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. I, and I, I told my stepdad, like if he, you know, whenever he gets to the point where he doesn't like give it to me, like I'll, and I don't even have anywhere to put it right now, but I like, that's something I wouldn't want to just, you know, and this is just because I know how powerful it is. I told my friend like last week, I'm like, every time I sleep in their bed, like I get, it's a, a so much peace, like a different type of sleep that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I hope, I hope that someday that he lets it go and that you get to have it. I know me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of already talked about your grieving process and I appreciate you sharing about, you know, going to therapy and getting that help. So do you have any advice for somebody out there that's just feeling like alone or, you know, maybe it's been five minutes or five years or 50 years? Like what, what would mm-hmm. you tell somebody going through the, the grieving process? Um, I would say don't don't go through it alone. Um, if you don't have friends and family that you're comfortable talking to, like please go get find somebody. Like, but allow yourself to grieve. Um, you have to understand that it is okay to grieve. You have to understand that all of the emotions that you're feeling, whether you're pissed, whether you're you know happy, whether you're confused, those are all natural. Like, don't don't try to hide those feelings and don't try to cover them up just so people can assume that you're okay like go through your process because if, if you, you're going to go through it at some point in in some way form or fashion and you may not realize it but that's what it's going to be so if you if you realize you start drinking more than you drink normally and you haven't been through you know a formal grieving process of talking to people and getting help that's probably how you're you know doing it so don't don't let it you know go by too fast I'm sorry not too fast but don't let time go by without getting the proper um, help that you need because everybody needs help. Everybody. I don't care if you're 40 and you just lost your mom or if you're 60 and you just lost your mom, like it's nothing you can prepare for. I tell all of my friends, like, don't even try to, don't even think about it because it's an emotion that I can't explain no matter what your relationship was like with your mom. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with all that. I think that's good advice. Um, 
So last question, is there anything that you feel like was left unsaid or that you, maybe not a regret, but anything that you would like want to tie up with now? Um, like to my mom? Yeah. Um, if, you know, I, I never, I never got the opportunity to tell her like how proud of her I was. Like, I don't know if she realized how much I remembered from my childhood and how vividly I remember the transition from nothing to something. I don't, I don't know if she ever understood that I remembered all that stuff. So I, I never got the opportunity to tell her that I was proud of her and that I appreciated all the sacrifices she made for me because I, like, I had a great life as a kid. I was a spoiled kid. I had, I had a great life. I can't even, you know, I can't say that I didn't. And I wouldn't have had it without her sacrifices and without her hard work and without her not complaining and, you know, not accepting what, everybody else's reality was and without her going after what she really wanted. That's awesome. And I think that she would be really proud of you too, for going after what you want to do and for being a good mom and and for being just a good person in general from, from what I can tell from the time we've chatted. So (laughs) thank you (laughs) for sure. So Amy sounds like she was an awesome lady. She sounds like she was super strong. She sounds like she was a great mom that instilled great values in you. And I'm sad that the world lost her at 42. So thank you for sharing her story with us. I think that, that, you know, it will touch people out there and it will hopefully going through the same. So let's talk about your, so let's talk about your podcast. You're passionate about college dropouts. Tell me about that. Um, because I am one. (laughs) Um, well, really what I'm passionate about is I'm, I, I like to, empower individuals who do not have a college degree to let them know that it's not the end of the world. Um, I thought that for a while when I, I actually dropped out the first time after I, right before I had my first son. And then I went back after my mom passed and the commute was just too much. So I ended up dropping out again, but, and, and this is not to toot my own horn. Like I know I'm super smart. I know what I'm capable of. And at this point in my life, like I don't see myself getting a degree, but I know what it feels like to feel like a failure because you don't have it. Um, you don't know how many like jobs I see where I'm like, I can fully, ca- I'm fully capable of doing this role, but you're not going to give it to me because I don't have a sheet of paper. So I'm like on this mission to prove that you can, you can do what you want to do. You can create your dream job. You can get your dream job without having a degree. Unless of course you want to be like a doctor or lawyer or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are, those are necessary. <laughs> for the degree but I think that that's a great point and we were talking before we started recording and um, I was a college dropout for a few for like four years I only had 11 credits left so I ended up going back and Mm -hmm. just finishing it up but um, you know I was I wasn't unsuccessful without my degree and um, it was more of a personal thing that I wanted to go back and do so so how are you helping people like tell us like you're what are you what are you doing in your podcast well right now actually Technically, right now, the podcast is on hold because I want to uh, add the video element to it. But it's still available on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and all that stuff. I have about 80, I think I did 80 interviews before, I'm sorry, 80 episodes before I took a, a short break. But what I do is I bring on guests who do not have a college degree. Um, a good chunk of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them are not, though. Some of them work in corporate America without their college degree. Um, I had this one guy on named Derek McGill who like his thing is showing people how to get their dream job without having a college degree. So I interview these individuals. Um, they share their story. They give tips on, you know, different ways because I think what people don't understand is when you don't have a degree, you have to be more creative in how you network. Um, you have to be more creative in how you display your work, how you just get people to notice you. Cause the first thing that they're not, you know, you don't have a degree to back you up even if your degree is in something that you're not even using, you don't, when people hear you don't have a degree, they don't normally take you serious, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so I interview these people, they give their, their story, their tips, their tricks. And then on Thursdays, I do a short um, piece called Thoughtful Thursday, where I take some information from something I'm reading, or if I watched a core video, and it's like literally five to seven minutes. I just give it back to my audience. I let them know how I'm going to apply it to th- my life. Some people email me and let me know how they're going to apply it to theirs because, you know, the journey is, is, is a little different when you don't have a degree. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. And I, but I, you know, I think the world is more set up for people that don't have a degree these days because there is so much you can do. Yeah. Internet and as an entrepreneur. So I think that's great what you're doing. Yeah. We're, I, we're definitely transitioning into a, uh, a time in the world where it's, it's not as important, but I still often see, you know, some opportunities where it's like, like, for example, like you said, I was a writer, which I am. Um, I do content marketing. I'm, I write and all that stuff. I've seen so many roles where they want you to have a degree. Like, why do you have to have a degree to write? And then it'll say like a degree in anything. It doesn't say like English, journalism, marketing, none of that. Like just have a degree to write. Why? <laughs> why, why, why? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that what you're doing out there is definitely helping people and it's, you know, raising awareness for that. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it took me, I got the idea and then I kind of procrastinated because I was afraid of, you know, I didn't want people to think I was bashing people with degrees because I'm not like, I admire everyone with a degree. Sometimes I wish I had mine, but I've also got to a place where I just understand that. And in this season of life, it's just not meant for me to have it. Will I get it one day? Possibly. To be honest, I do, because that was one of the things that was really important to my mom, um, considering that she didn't have the opportunity to do that because she had me. So I may go back and get it one day. I haven't really decided, um, but we'll see. Well, whatever you decide to do, she'd be proud of you either way, I'm sure. So oh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. So if people want to get a hold of you, they want to find you. You said it's on Apple. So the name of your podcast is? The College Dropout Podcast. Cool. And if they want to get a hold of you, is there like an email or something like that? Yeah, you can email me at Sierra, C-I-E-R-R-A, at thecollegedropoutpodcast.com. Awesome. And of course, I'm sure you have like a Twitter and all, all, the, all the things. <laughs> yeah, my, actually, all of my social media is just my name. So it's Sierra, C-I-E-R-R-A, say S-E-A-Y, like that's one word on Instagram. On Twitter, it's Sierra Say One, I believe. And then Facebook is the same thing. Perfect. Well, Sierra, I super enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you. I enjoyed it as well. This was awesome. And I, I really love what, what you're doing. This is, this is going to help a lot of people. You know, it's something that, you know, people don't really talk about death a lot. Um, I was just telling my friend the other day, I have a weird relationship with, with death now after, you know, going through this. So it's, it's definitely a, a great resource. So c- congrats and keep doing it. Like, don't stop it. Keep oh, doing it. Thank you so much. I have, I have zero intention of stopping. It's, it's like I said, it's kind of therapy for me. So, um, well, thank you for coming on and, um, don't be a stranger. Oh no, I'm never a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck with me now, Jesse. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for coming on and I hope you have a beautiful day. You too. Talking with Sierra was really inspirational for me. She is just an amazing, incredible woman. And so I hope you do go over, check out her podcast. It's called the College Dropout Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. If you want an episode recommendation, I'm actually going to give you two. There is episode 70 with Sherelle Marie on turning her hobby into a business. She's this incredible, another incredible woman who, uh, you know, started a business in her mom's basement and really took it to incredible heights within just a, a short period of time. So definitely listen to that one for some inspiration. And there is another episode. It's a shorter episode. It's one of Sierra's intentional, I'm sorry, thoughtful Thursday episode number seven about being intentional. So definitely check that out. She's a, she's an incredible role model for all women out there. So have a listen there. If you enjoyed listening to our episode today, you can support the podcast in so many ways. First of all, you can hit subscribe. You can share with your friends. That's huge. If you know somebody who this may help, please pass it on to them. And I'm sure they will be happy with that. And you can leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. So please do that. It helps me a bit. You know, they that's how they rate shows. And um, I know that I'm small, but I'm happy to have the listeners that I do, you guys out there. If you're feeling a little bit generous, you can head over on to the uh, Patreon account page. It's uh, Pearls from My Mom at Patreon over there, patreon.com. And you can pledge a few dollars. There's some really cool rewards and things like that. Now, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, or if you'd like to tell your own story, you can email me. My name's Jessie. The email is share at pearlsfrommymom.com or you can email pearlsfrommymom at gmail.com. 
And as always, keep sharing to keep the legacy alive.